This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. Good morning, you're listening to The Breakfast Grill. I'm Shazana Mukhtar. Now, despite the turbulent legacy of World War II, the relationship between ASEAN countries and Japan has evolved into one of mutual respect and cooperation, with the 50th anniversary of ties being commemorated this year. What are the themes and issues that will influence the next half-century of ASEAN-Japan relations, and where does Malaysia sit in this bigger picture? Joining me to discuss this is His Excellency Takahashi Katsuhiko, Ambassador of Japan to Malaysia. Ambassador Katsuhiko, good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Grill. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Ambassador, there's a lot to catch up on given the flurry of bilateral activity in just the last two months. We've seen back-to-back high-level visits between Japan and Malaysia. Prime Minister Fumio Kishida came here in early November. And Prime Minister Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim just concluded a five-day visit this week. Mm-hmm. What's the impetus for this renewed attention to our bilateral relationship? Was this down to your persuasion, perhaps? Yeah, th- thank you very much uh, for the very important and good question. Um, yeah, actually, uh, we have been uh, making an effort to set up the good relation between Japan and Malaysia under the new uh, Anwar administration. And uh, I think this year we had a quite a frequent uh, exchange of visits over the ministerial level, but uh, we couldn't do the leader-level exchanges. But finally, we could do it in November and December. So I think make it happen itself, have a very major significance uh, in our bilateral relation uh, this year. Now, of course, uh, Prime Minister Kishida's visit to Malaysia in November uh, was really a good opportunity to establish a good personal relation uh, between the two leaders. Mm. And the, thanks to the Datsuri uh, Anwar's uh, hospitality, uh, in particular over durian, yes, uh, they find out that chemistry is good. So the December meeting, uh, when uh, Datsuri Anwar Ibrahim visited Japan, actually November meeting gave the foundation for the discussion. Mm. And we could deepen the discussion in December. So this is really a good synergy uh, of discussion took place. And I, th- I think as a result, the major achievement which was done uh, in December was to uh, elevating uh, Japan-Malaysia relationship to comprehensive strategic partnership. It's quite unusual, right, for bilateral relations to see that much progress in such a short amount of time <laughs> between November and December. Yes. These tend to take years mm-hmm. sometimes. That's but true. I did notice that Prime Minister Kishida first visited most of the major ASEAN partners in 2022. Mm-hmm. He went to Vietnam, Thailand, Indonesia, Singapore, mm-hmm. but he only made his inaugural visit this year. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this is a reflection of some sort of how Japan views bilateral priorities in the region. Uh, I, I don't think so. For example, you may have forgotten that the uh, former Prime Minister Abe uh, visited the Malaysia March last year as a special envoy of Prime Minister Kishida. And this is to commemorate 40 years anniversary of the Rukwisto policy. Mm. Therefore, our priority is always uh, in Malaysia. But the last two years visit by the Prime Minister Abe was regarded as one of the steps uh, which Prime Minister has taken. Uh, in his effort mm. to enhance bilateral relations with other ASEAN countries. So in that sense, his visit itself didn't happen last year, but this year. So mm. it's quite natural 
if it doesn't happen this year, I would have、uh, get so furious. But I'm happy <laughs> that、uh, he could make it in November, which、uh, paved a good way toward the Prime Minister's annual visit to Japan in December. So you mentioned the comprehensive strategic partnership between Malaysia and Japan. We have elevated our bilateral ties、mm-hmm. to that level.、Yeah. What does that mean? How does it change our relationship? Because I note that the move comes after other countries in the region have、mm-hmm. also taken this step. I think Australia,、uh, China, Turkey have in、mm-hmm. in the recent year. So Japan, in a way, are you playing catch up, or are there actual substantive areas of cooperation that underpin this development?、Um, we, we we are not. Competing、uh, with other countries,、uh, just、uh, try to define、uh, what is the status of the bilateral relations. And the, I, I think Japan and Malaysia has been strategic partner. Yes, and we have done a lot of thing, in particular economic area, people to people exchange. But when we call it comprehensive,、uh, it also have the cooperation for peace and security、mm. and the maintenance of rule of law and all those common values. I think now、uh, we are the partner、uh, to work together for the sake of international community as well as for Malaysia and Japan. So this is the reason why we defined the relationship as comprehensive strategic partnership because we have a lot of challenges which we need to tackle together.、Hmm. And that's the reason why, for example,、uh, in the December visit of the Prime Minister Anwar to Japan. Uh, we agreed to provide official security assistance, so-called OSA, to enhance Malaysia's capacity for the maintenance of peace and security in the region.、Mm. So this is one of the demonstration for us that our relation has been upgraded, and we have more to do together. Okay, I will come back to the issue of regional security, and I think Japan's strategy and how you see that developing in the landscape.、Mm-hmm. But sticking to our bilateral ties, and some of the headline numbers coming out of Anwar Ibrahim's trip to Japan this week was the potential of 6.6 billion ringgit worth of FDIs、mm-hmm. from Japan. I think the、uh, figure of 29.6 billion ringgit in total FDI for 2023、mm-hmm. from Japan includes 23 million ringgit in potential investments announced. Back in June this、mm-hmm. year, these are all unrealized investments. They're just、mm-hmm. potential. So I'm wondering, how can we be sure that these projects or deliverables actually materialize?、Mm-hmm. What are the variables at play that will facilitate that these investments come to、mm-hmm. fruition? Yeah,、um, I think、um, of course、uh, those investments should be done by the private sector. So Japanese government、uh, cannot push them、mm-hmm. to invest,、uh, but at the same time. Uh, we already have 1,600、uh, Japanese companies doing business in Malaysia, and、uh, when we implemented a survey、uh, to those companies,、uh, 96% of those companies、uh, said that they are, they want to continue their business, and also most of them want to consider expanding uh, their uh, activities and investment. And for example, this year we have seen. Uh, Safe department store just opened under the T- TRX, and also Taiyo Yuden, the Japanese、uh, semiconductor company,、uh, opened additional new factory in Kuching, Sarawak.、Mm. Also, Romwako,、uh, this is also the semiconductor company. They also added a new factory in Kotabaru, Kelantan. So all those investment are taking place, and I think accumulation of those amount will. 
reach, mm. yeah, try to reach、uh, to the target number which、mm. was mentioned by the Prime Minister. So those figures are very important, but at the same time, I can say this is really the accumulation、mm. uh, of the efforts done by the Japanese companies, and we really feel the appetite、uh, coming out from Japanese companies to Malaysia. So, I really hope that those numbers will be achieved sooner or later.、Mm. So, you point to the fact that existing Japanese、mm. businesses in Malaysia are keen to stay and also to expand. But I, I feel that there's also a sense that Japanese business interests are scouting other countries in the region、mm. for new opportunities, that the、yes. grass may be greener in other parts、mm. of ASEAN. So, from your engagements with the business community, especially since our last conversation on the breakfast grill,、mm. does that sentiment still persist, namely that Malaysia may not be the favorite destination? For new Japanese investment?、Uh, I think、uh, still a lot of Japanese companies see Malaysia、uh, as a possible country to invest.、Uh, you have a good infrastructure,、uh, you have a good population who can speak English without any problem.、Uh, and the, I think Malaysia b e c o m e a very important、uh, logistic center and also resilient supply chain h a v e to be established、mm. for the World economy and Malaysia have a role to play. Therefore, if we have a look at the Japanese investment、uh, into Malaysia, of course, manufacturing has been the major engine. But now we have to start to see service industry and some of the lifestyle shops start to open, like Tsutaya Bookstore、mm. uh, or Eins、uh, Truppe. This is a cosmetic、uh, shops. But also,、uh, in addition to those areas, We start to invest more on the digital industry. For example, Mitsui Company Limited、uh, just、uh, added their investment into Asiata Group recently, amounting 58 million US dollars. So they are now trying to enhance the cooperation in digital. NTT also constructed six data centers、uh, in Cyberjaya.、Mm. So this is also the major development happened this year. In terms of energy,、uh, we are working closely with Petronas and other companies、uh, to introduce new technology toward the decarbonization. So, hydrogen or carbon dioxide capture, utilization, and storage, CCUS,、uh, are the areas we are now conducting discussion. And also, how to make the best use of available coal firing power stations.、Uh, this is one thing I, I think Japan h a v e to work together. And the another element which Japanese companies pay attention with regard to Malaysia is Islam. Yes, because Malaysia is a Muslim country, having a good connection with Middle Eastern countries as well. And as a result of uh, uh, your social system, you developed Islamic financing or halal certificate in a good way.、Mm. Therefore, learning、uh, from the experience of Malaysia is really important. Before those companies go to the Middle East to do business. Therefore,、uh, Malaysia started to be one of the entry points to the Muslim world、uh, from the Japanese point of view. So, from this viewpoint, some companies start to pay attention too. I see.、Yeah. So, in that sense,、uh, the opening of new sectors of cooperation、yes. is bringing renewed interest、yeah. to Malaysia. That's true. I want to 
ask about the uh, Look East policy, because that was the theme of the conversation Mm -hmm. that we had the last time we spoke. Uh, It was the 40th anniversary of this policy. And during Anwar Ibrahim's visit this week, what caught attention was his comment that the Look East policy now goes beyond Japan and South Korea, Mm -hmm. but also encompasses China. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you see this as a dilution of Japan's influence on Malaysia, uh, that other countries are being included in what originated as a very Japan-specific perspective. Mm. Um, anyway, look at the policy. It's the policy decided by Malaysia. Therefore, uh, we take it as a Malaysian policy, and uh, we don't have to uh, make noise about this type of statement. I, I think that the core uh, of look at the policy is to run working ethics and also working lifestyle uh, from the country like Japan or Korea. It's not that surprising that uh, Malaysia also wants to learn something from China. Mm. So I think it's a quite natural development. But of course, we have a 40 years of experience, and also 26,000 Malaysians was dispatched to Japan for the government uh, uh, budget uh, to study and train uh, in Japan. Therefore, I think accumulation of expertise and also people's network is quite strong. Mm. So at least I can say uh, success of request policy is here and uh, you can do whatever you want to do based upon our 40 years experience. So I really hope that Malaysia continue to run from outside so that you can have more strong economy and resilient society. I'm speaking to His Excellency Takahashi Katsuhiko, Ambassador of Japan to Malaysia. When we come back, we reflect on the changing relations between Japan and ASEAN. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. Thanks for staying tuned to The Breakfast Grill. I'm Shazana Mokhtar and with me today is His Excellency Takahashi Katsuhiko, Ambassador of Japan to Malaysia. Earlier in the conversation, we were reflecting on bilateral ties between Malaysia and Japan. I want to broaden the focus now and look at ASEAN and Japan, Mm -hmm. who are celebrating 50 years of cooperation this year. And one of the ways that the relationship is changing is in terms of development investment, where previously Japan was seen as a crucial giver of aid, perhaps, to developing ASEAN countries. This relationship is now changing to be one of more equal footing. As Mm -hmm. you've said before, how does this change Japan's strategy in engaging with ASEAN? Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, we are happy to celebrate 50 years anniversary uh, of friendship and cooperation with ASEAN. And we are happy to see uh, all the leaders uh, of ASEAN came to Japan uh, to participate in the discussion. And uh, I agree with you. Uh, that the Japan-ASEAN relation is no longer donor-recipient relations, but the partners. Mm. This time, uh, we issued a joint vision statement as a result of a special summit. And uh, this is also, how can I say, defined as a partnership. Mm. The one is people-to-people exchange. We call it heart-to-heart partners across generation. And, the, of course, economic uh, relation continue to be very important. Therefore, we call it partners for co-creation of economy and society of the future. And the third element uh, is how to enhance uh, rule of law and uh, security. So we name it under partners for peace and stability. Mm. Those three partners are the three pillars uh, of Japan-ASEAN relation 
uh, toward the future. And of course, we have uh, some uh, projects to be implemented under those three pillars. Mm. Uh, one of them is uh, enhancing the people-to-people -people exchange, in particular the younger generations. So we are going to involve around uh, 10 million uh, people in uh, 10 years' time. Mm. So this type of new idea is introduced. And for the economy, of course, decarbonization uh, is very important. Therefore, we had the ASEC uh, meeting in Tokyo in tandem uh, with the special commemorative summit. So actually, Malaysia is more advanced in comparison with other ASEAN countries in general. Mm. So Malaysia become a little bit uh, more partner area than the other country. But I think we will have to do the same. Uh, with other, other member of the ASEAN country. Okay. I want to zoom into this Asia Zero Emissions Community mm. that Japan is leading to mm. de help mm. decarbonize the region. And mm. you had mentioned it earlier as well. One of the issues that uh, climate activists seem to have with Japan's uh, climate change mm -hmm. transition is that uh, it seems to prioritize technology in decarbonization mm -hmm. efforts rather than cutting down the use of fossil fuels directly. Mm -hmm. I think in 2030, 41% of Japan's total energy mix will still come from coal. Mm -hmm. Can this world transition to a lower carbon future without making the sacrifices of cutting fossil fuel use? Um. Japan's approach is a little bit different uh, from uh, those opinions, as you, as you may be aware. Um, because each country's situation uh, is different uh, from country by country. Europe, uh, their coal-fired power station is already old. So they just say, we're going to demo demolish those old ones, and we no longer construct a new one. But for example, even in Malaysia, you have a relatively new coal-fired power station. And asking you to demolish all those coal-fired power stations at this moment is not realistic. Uh, Japan's situation also, we no longer are going to construct a new coal-fired power station, but we also have some relatively new facilities. Therefore, uh, Japan's approach is we need a custom-made approach uh, to the situation uh, faced by each country. So if you have to continue depending upon the coal fire power station for the moment, what we can do is to how to decrease carbon, carbon dioxide mm. uh, coming out from those fire power stations. This is what we are discussing. Of course, we are not asking to modify your 2050 uh, carbon neutral target, mm. but the path should be different. Uh, so this is our approach, and this is the spirit of uh, Asia Zero Emission Community. And uh, this is the spirit we confirmed in Tokyo uh, with the ASEAN partners. So we continue to take this approach despite some criticism coming mm. uh, from the other part of the world. I think that's a very practical explanation into why we're taking this path. Mm. And it mm. illustrates the fact that really there is no one-size-fits-all when it mm. comes to addressing climate change and working to reducing emissions. Mm. I want to come back to the issue of regional security, which you mentioned is an area that's being expanded in cooperation mm. both bilaterally and under the ASEAN umbrella. Mm. Japan has become much more proactive in defense and security capacity building with regional partners, especially within ASEAN, as mm. announced this week. I'm wondering, how would you counter perceptions that this is all being done at uh, the behest of the U.S., for example, uh -huh. uh, that Japan is acting, if not as a proxy, but at least in concert with Washington in building guardrails against Chinese security threats? Mm. Um, yeah, 
um, at least what I can say is Japan is doing what we have to do. And、uh, of course, maybe、uh, US likes this and、uh, China may not like this. But the, what we are doing is how we can enhance、uh, the security、uh, through rule of law、uh, and also securing the free trade with maritime safety.、Mm. Therefore, this approach is what nobody can say no because this is a common value under the UN Charter and everybody is in favor. In particular, Japan and Malaysia become prosperous thanks to the free trade. And freedom of navigation and so on. Therefore, Japan and Malaysia share the common value、mm. uh, in the international arena. And it's quite natural that、uh, we can help Malaysia to enhance its ability for the maintenance of security.、Mm. So, this is the judgment we had, and that's the reason why we provided official security assistance to Malaysia as a first batch of this program、uh, to the、uh, partner countries. Let's look at people to people ties between Japan and Malaysia and what can be done to strengthen our cultural bond.、Mm-hmm. I wonder whether there's a sense that Japan is losing ground to other countries like South Korea、mm-hmm. in the Malaysian psyche when it comes to culture. I mean, anecdotally, it seems to be all about K pop and K dramas now rather than Japanese anime.、Mm-hmm. I feel it's okay that Malaysia h a v e a lot of choices. And the Japanese culture coming into Malaysia are much earlier、uh, than the Korea or Chinese modern、uh, entertainment. So I, now it, there is a sound competition.、Uh, that's fine、uh, for us. But at the same time, again,、uh, we have a long history and still we saw a lot of、uh, supporters of Japanese culture.、Uh, so Uh, I don't feel very much disappointed at the current situation.、Uh, last week,、uh, we had、uh, one cultural event in Kuantan, and a lot of young people、uh, come to enjoy、uh, our event. And at the same time, for example, if, if you know the Japanese manga called the Jujutsu Kaisen,、mm-hmm. uh, recently、uh, one of the major characters、uh, died in the battle saying that、uh, I want to go to Kuantan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so k u a n t a n is becoming quite popular among Japanese people in these days. So there are a lot of exchanges. Right. And I understand that there is a drama uh, by Malaysian uh, TV uh, called uh, uh, with, uh, From Saga with Love. Saga is a prefecture in Kyushu. So I think now. We are mutually covering、mm. uh, our cultures. And I think it's quite sound development、uh, to pay attention to each other's culture. So I, I, I rather feel optimistic about the future of Japan Malaysia cultural relations. Right. It's not just one way, it's really a two that's way、true. exchange that's, that's const- constantly evolving.、Mm. What about the Malaysia My Second Home Program Ambassador? It has gone through several revisions over the past few years, and there were new guidelines announced just this month. Have these changes affected interest from Japanese nationals to come to Malaysia under MM2H? Indeed.、Uh, as a result of revision、uh, of the condition a few years ago,、uh, the number of applications of Japanese nationals to MM2H、uh, dropped drastically, almost zero.、Mm. Therefore, I think this revision,、uh, the recent revision, will have a positive impact. Uh, on how Japanese people、mm. uh, view Malaysia as a second home. Still, it's premature for us to say、uh, 
uh, how much impact it will have. But at least I can say it will facilitate the entry of some possible applicants from Japan to Malaysia.、Mm. So I'm sure it will have some positive impact. I'm really looking forward to see a tangible result coming out after official announcement of the system and the implementation of the system. And with that, Ambassador, thank you very much for speaking with me today.、Oh, thank you very much. I've been speaking to His Excellency Takahashi Katsuhiko, Ambassador of Japan to Malaysia. This has been the Breakfast Grill on BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.